Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Tampa Bay Buccaneers down 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks 30. Brooks to the 25. 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today for episode 190. Just 10 episodes away from the big 200. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. We are here today to catch you guys up on all the latest out of Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp. This day eight just wrapped up a couple of hours ago. But Evan, first and foremost, how are you doing, my friend? Doing quite well. It, it kind of felt like today was uh, the best day of camp so far, I think. Um, felt like you heard a lot of things about the offense, but then just as much as you heard about the offense, you heard about the defense. Uh, yeah. And that's that's probably a, a perfect storm right there. And I think uh, Coach Arian said, said as much in his press conference uh, afterwards. So uh, it's nice to see them you know, come together for, for a practice that, was pretty much even and in these training camps when you're going up against each other you kind of want it to be more even you yeah. don't really want it to be lopsided on one way or the other so it's nice to see and the last time that we talked to you guys the attitude is obviously much better uh between now and then the Buccaneers put pads on so there are a couple of days into the padded practices but Bruce Arians was also not very happy with this team the last time we talked to you he, he talked about how you know you have to practice to win not necessarily practice to practice and Obviously, we've seen that attitude come up a little bit more over these last few days, and that's a great, great sign. But let's talk about practice today. Uh, you did hear that it was probably one of the best practices in a while for both sides of the ball. I will say that I think the defense won the day. And it's funny because uh, our buddy James was actually credentialed media out there today. And 20 minutes into practice, the uh, lightning alarm rang, and it sent them inside to the facility for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the morning. So he wasn't able to see the rest of practice, but they did get a pretty good one in, which is always good to hear. But let's talk about this defense. Actually, really quickly, let's give a shout out to all of our people in the live chat. Neil L. hanging out. Rich, Pac-Man 504, our buddy Adam from Bucks UK hanging out from across the pond. We do appreciate you guys. And if you have any questions at all about camp, make sure you leave them in the chat. We'll read them and respond accordingly. But let's talk about all the latest. So uh, rookie Chris Wilcox, actually, he was activated from the physically unable to perform list though he did not practice today. 
Uh, we saw the same thing happen with O.J. Howard his first day back out at practice. He wasn't really running around fully participating, but he was out there. So for the guys who are coming off of this list, it's always a good sign. And for Chris Wilcox, a rookie who really can't afford to miss that much time, with the really big day that the defensive backs had today, it kind of sucks that he wasn't out there any sooner, but the fact that he's off of the list has to be good, right? Yeah, it's a positive. He's he's now he's facing an uphill battle um, because – you know, he was he was a rookie, but he was a seventh round pick to begin with. And he's a guy that like his chances of making the team weren't great to begin with. But yeah. now he wasn't even on the field to show what he has. Uh, this is going to have to be a, a big two, three weeks for him, I, I think. I really do. And um, I think he's a guy if he's able to come back fully healthy. He's a guy that yet again is going to have to really show up. Uh, in those preseason games. I know I'm saying that a ton, but I think with a lot of guys like that, they're going to have to prove it in game. So whether that's on special teams, whether that's at an actual cornerback spot, that's how he's going to have to prove it. Oh, yeah. Now, how about Jordan Whitehead as we continue the conversation on defensive backs? Today was his first day back out there actually participating. He did clear COVID protocol and he was out there the other day. Uh, but he wasn't, you know, like I said before, wasn't participating fully in practice. So he was padded up, ready to go today. And uh, he's a guy who's got some eyes on him because we know he was recovering from that shoulder surgery. So when you're returning from injury, obviously the spotlight's going to be a little bit brighter. But he definitely showed up and showed out today. A great first practice back. He snagged himself two interceptions from not just any quarterback in there. It was Tom Brady. Um, so a really, really good day for Jordan Whitehead. And he said it himself. He's feeling great. So that's got to be huge for the safety position, right? Yeah, I. It's it's definitely. I mean, Whitehead last year was. One of the more important pieces, I think, for that defense, I really do, with with how they, they like to blitz him and the, the role he plays, I think it's a really important piece. And obviously he was a warrior playing because he injured his shoulder in that Packers game. Yeah, it, it was, it was that, that tackle, the fumble. The fumble, yeah. Uh, he left that game, didn't return, but then he played in the Super Bowl two weeks later. And uh, it was, it was a, clearly a serious injury because it required surgery, so – uh, he's able to come back now after a little bit of time and, and it hurt him a little bit uh, because you know, we talked about it with John about how you know, Jordan Whitehead versus Mike Edwards might be kind of a battle. And, you know, Jordan Whitehead missed a little bit of time, but Hey, I mean, you're picking up almost right where you left off right now, getting two interceptions, not, not against some third string or yeah. it's against the, the first string guys and Tom Brady. So that'll definitely catch the coach's eyes. And it's, uh, it's nice to see him, him back and uh, looks to be a hundred percent healthy. Absolutely. Now with the absence of whitehead at the safety position, some of those reps get mixed around a little bit. And a guy that we saw get some work at that safety position was cornerback Ross Cockrell, who we know is kind of on the bubble, not necessarily for making the team, because I think he's pretty short up on that last corner spot or second to last corner spot. Um, but he's a guy with a lot of potential. Like I remember last year on this show during the season, you were talking about how Ross Cockrell's probably a little bit better than most people would think just because of his depth on uh, or his position on the depth chart. Excuse me. But he went out there today and he had probably his best practice ever. Um, Ross Cockrell with an absolutely monster day. He had a pick at the goal line off of Ryan Griffin. He had another leaping interception later on three total interceptions on the day for Ross Cockrell. He's still working from the safety spot. As we know of today, he was getting reps from both corner and safety with Whitehead back kind of expect him to get a little bit more into that rotation, but you got to kind of feel good about the, uh, you know, the depth at safety. If Cockrell is needed there, God forbid Winfield or Whitehead go down at all this season. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if he's played safety before in, in, in the past. Um, I'm not sure if he has, but I mean... Up until today, time, I'm pretty sure he's been getting nothing but safety reps at camp. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I know he's he's played a few years in the league. I'm not sure if he, in college, if he played safety at all. Um, but I mean, heck of a first impression, right? If, yeah. You know, this is your first camp at safety. Um, I, and, and also, the somebody asked me when, when I, I'd... I'd um, posted that cockerel had three interceptions and somebody said or oh, they off brady i believe all of them were off ryan griffin who yeah. just had an awful day yeah um just terrible um so not 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 a really rough day for him um so and then of course just for him personally to go out there and do that literally you know the morning his day starts watching his sister qualify for the olympic finals yeah uh watching his sister anna uh, qualify i believe it's anna um qualify for the the olympic finals the whole team gathered and watched it uh the bucks put out something um something on their social media site you know just uh like a video and to go out there and get three interceptions you know an hour later is uh is pretty spectacular so it's a big day for the for the cockerel family and uh yeah like you said with, with the depth if if, he, if he's able to just to be serviceable there. We know it's not his natural position, but if he's able to be serviceable there, I mean, you know, to me, there's, there's no reason why, you know, depth and safety, which was a question now could maybe become strength. Oh, yeah. um, it, it could seriously become a strength because if Cockrell can be solid and he's a veteran, he's played long enough in this league to realize, you know, what a safety has to do, but it's easier said than done. So if, if he can come in and God forbid Whitehead gets injured again or Mike Edwards or Anson Winfield, any of those three get injured, I think you would have faith in, in Cockrell. Um, I'm not sure if that'd be your your first option. I don't think it's your, you know, oh, it's fine. You're not going to miss a beat. I think you'll miss some some type of production. But Cockrell, I think, could be able to step in and, and be serviceable. Oh, yeah. And that's all you could ask for. You know, it's cool because you're looking at a lot of these position battles of guys on the bubble during training camp but when you kind of find a guy who's been on the team who can fill out and help somewhere else that's not his original position that's always a little bit of a bonus so a uh, great day for ross cockerel and excited to see what he can do to finish out this training camp as we know those boys are just getting started out there another defensive back who has had a lot of eyes on him i know that you have talked about this guy before and you're kind of a fan antonio hamilton has had an awesome training camp so far uh, before the pads came on, he he was kind of all over the place. I mean, he had pass breakups everywhere, even when he was getting reps with the ones, man. He's out there making plays. I believe he had an interception off of Tom Brady last week. Um, but he had another great day today, a couple of pass breakups. But last week, I mean, he was just making a scene. Now, for Antonio Hamilton, you know, it, it, the difference between him and Ross Cockrell is that Hamilton's a little bit more on the bubble of making the team, right? He's kind of... He's kind of uh, looking for one of those spots on the roster. So what do you think of Hamilton and maybe the way the competition is uh, heating up around his performance? Yeah, I remember in, in the, the take bag last week, I think I called him a bipolar player. He's like in, in the first three <laughs> days of camp, it was like, I think our first our first pod after after camp started. And yeah, he was all over the place, but there was some good and some bad. Like he would be, he'd have all these all these pass breakups, and he would have, you know, you'd heard about the interception and stuff. But then you heard, oh, we got beat deep here. No, we got beat deep here. I was like, man, this dude is just, you know, he's gun, he's guns a blazing. Um, so it's nice to see that that he's starting to really pick up a rhythm. And with Cameron Kinley not having a great day, 
uh, yeah. which which sucks because you know he's a fan favorite, and I think people want to see him make the team because of the story with him not having a great day. I haven't heard much about Herb Miller, and uh, it sounds like Antonio Hamilton. Like I said, a lot of this is going to come down to who actually performs in the actual preseason games, right? But I think Antonio Hamilton might be in in the, the driver's seat right now. Obviously, it's still early, but right now I think he might be in the driver's seat for that for that fifth corner spot. And I believe Nate Brooks also in that conversation, but again, haven't heard as much from him as you would like to regarding, you know, just making plays. I'm surprised we haven't heard Herb Miller's name more. Yeah. I, I, you know, he had, he was with the team last year. He had that pick against Detroit. Yeah. I'm a little surprised. The only two that you've really heard are, are Kinley and Hamilton and more so Hamilton, which, you know, sometimes is good. Sometimes is bad. In Kinley's case, you're hearing his name today he's he was pretty bad but <laughs> yeah man uh, it, it was case he was he was pretty good today it was a rough day for cameron kinley uh the navy wonder story is that the way i can put it the navy yeah. recruit um underdog yeah 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 sure just a great story right a, a guy that you would like to see go out there and have a great day today was not one of those days uh he was getting cooked all day long antonio brown and scotty miller had deep touchdowns off of him so we'll see if he can bounce back like we've said you know, discussing these position battles feels a little bit preliminary because you still have three whole preseason games. You know, a lot of these battles are going to come down to that last week of the preseason where you kind of start to see who can etch out a roster spot and who's going to be the odd man out. But we've got plenty of time. We'll talk about it more. Plenty of practice between now and even the first preseason game. So trust me, we'll be here talking to you about it if anything changes. Let's talk about some of the other rookies today who were having really good camps. Robert Hainsey, the big old lineman himself, he was running first team offensive line today with Ryan Jensen out on a maintenance day. And before they put the pads on, Hainsey was actually getting uh, center reps with the ones last week. But obviously, once you put the pads on, it's an entirely different experience, especially when you're the big man in the trenches. But um, really, really good looking day for Hainsey. Great job in pass protection when they went inside the facility and they were focusing on red zone work. That was kind of where a lot of those interceptions happened today was red zone work. Um, but a great job in pass protection. He stood up JPP on a twist move, which is kind of hard to do. I mean, come on. If you've watched Jason Pierre Paul play football at all, you know that he's not the easiest guy to stop. And that's a lot of weight and momentum coming at you. He also had really, really good snaps. Uh, no bad snaps so far. I mean, the technique is there for a guy who has really never played center up until this camp. You know, he had the practice reps during the senior bowl, but this is the most experience he's had at center. And I got to say, the Bucks couldn't really ask for much more so far. Yeah, no, I think that was a big reason the Bucks drafted him in, in the third round. I think they saw at the senior bowl that he was able to play center and mm-hmm. they just wanted a, an, another option uh, behind Ryan Jensen. Jensen's getting up there in age. He's a free agent after this year. And uh, so is Alex Kappa, who, um, you know, like I said, is a free agent. Uh, so Hainsey can maybe, you know, I, I don't think the Bucks are going to bring both Kappa and Jensen back. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to do that. I don't just don't think the money is going to work. Uh, you can only bring back the everybody so, so many times. Yeah. Um, so I just don't think the money's going to work. So I would guess that Hainsey would fill in wherever – is left if Jensen goes and and Kappa stays. Um, I also I, I wouldn't expect both of them to be gone. I think one of them will be back. So uh, I think Hainsey just fills in that other spot. And so far, so good. Like he's like I said, though, it's I'm I'm curious to see how he's gonna do 
even though they're wearing pads right now, it's still more intense during an actual game. So I'm curious to see how he's going to do right. against the Cincinnati Bengals um, when there's a guy lined up uh, across from him and, you know, you got to face that guy. But, uh, yeah, so far so good. It, it looks it, it, He looks comfortable uh, in the role, which I'm sure is another reason why the Bucks drafted him. They saw it at the senior ball. He was comfortable snapping the ball and playing center. And to them, that provides a lot of value. Uh, versatility in this league. You know, guys get paid for agency based on their versatility a lot of times. Like just what we talked about with Cockrell, if you can play in multiple positions, that just makes it so much easier. Yeah, just so much easier. And I and think I, mean, I think the motto goes for. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're, you're good. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I think the motto goes for most jobs when I say this, but especially the NFL in this position on the trenches availability is the best ability. If you can play here, no questions asked, it's going to be a little bit more appreciated, you know, when they're in a bind and they really need somebody there. So for a guy like Hainsey, that, uh, that versatility that we've talked about endlessly between the draft and right now is really, uh, really starting to swing into his favor. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Bucks depth in along the interior is starting to become a real strength in yeah. my eyes. Uh, you have Aaron Stinney and now you have Robert Hainsey. Um, I mean, those two guys, Stinney can play either side, either guard side. Uh, and then Hainsey can play either center, it appears, or or either guard side. I think he could probably play either guard side. Um, I'm not sure how much they moved him around at Notre Dame. But we always talked about, right when he was drafted, we always talked about Notre Dame offensive linemen, man. Yeah. You know, you should be drafting your offensive line from Iowa, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. That's where you should be drafting offensive corn linemen. Corn-fed so. states, man, the corn right. belt. Right, so – a um, little bit concerned about the tackle depth. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that's concerning. If Trista Wirth or Donovan Smith were to go down, uh, like I think they have Josh Wells there, but like who else besides him has NFL experience? Even we didn't uh, uh, we didn't talk about it on the show as well. But the departure of Calvin Ashley. Yeah, right. uh, we never got a full story on why exactly he left. I'm assuming he just kind of quit the team. He has um, he's released a statement on Instagram. Uh, so he said basically, yes, everybody knows that I was released by the Buccaneers. Um, he's been dealing with some mental health stuff. Okay. And, and that's, you know, that's stuff serious. And he has actually decided to end his football career, uh, and, and hang up the cleats. So he is retired. Yeah, um, look at that. Going to, he's no longer going to be playing football. Um, he was a guy, I reached out to him after he signed his undrafted free agent. We had a quick conversation. Seem like a good dude. Uh, it's a shame, but wish him the best of luck in, in his future. Uh, moving on here to the chat, though. Uh, Elite Lord asks, is Scotty Miller doing better? And the answer to that is yes. Um, but he was, just, he was doing so bad that, like, you know, I think naturally he was just going to get better. And I think <laughs> Bruce, I, I forget what day it was, but he said that how, you know, Miller had to make start making those grimy. I think it was I think it was a day or two ago, but you said it perfectly. Bruce came out and said that, you know, Scotty is Scotty, but he's got to make those gritty catches. He's got to make yep. the catches in traffic, uh, the short slant where Brady's looking to him a little bit quicker than he expects. He's got to make those catches because those are what nine out of the 10 drops that he's had so far are, are just those quick passes that he's not entirely expecting, uh, whether it be in traffic, getting contact while hanging on to the football, whatever it may be. He's got to start making those catches because as far as the rest of the NFL is concerned, as of right now, Scotty Miller is this wide receiver who can really only run fast and that's it. Yeah. And I mean, to me, like 
Yeah, I see in the chat, like BA said, Miller can't just be a one trick pony. Yeah. To me, he can. I, I just think it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Aaron just wanting to see if he can get a little bit more. With out this of wide him. receiver room, they're yeah. really, you know, it's it's not a hard ask for Scotty Miller he, to be a one trick pony and, and yeah. kind of just fill his it's, role there. But you'd like to get the most out of your receivers. Were you pleased with Scotty Miller last year? If the answer is yes, which it should have been yes, okay, that's exactly what he was last year. A yeah. one trick pony. So, uh, do we think Tom will? use wristband to call plays or does it seem more comfortable with offense i mean i i think you'll probably wear the wristband and i'm, I'm sure he'll look to that for some audibles or whatever but when i when I, I, mean, I was out there i mean i've seen him between reps kind of studying it looking at the wristband pointing at this play point it that way obviously i have no idea what he's saying out there but i definitely have a good feeling that tom brady's got a really good uh you know a really good understanding of this offense if not close to 100 percent. and i mean He's got to be 100% better than he was this time last year at understanding the offense, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when he comes out and says that, like, mid-season, he barely knew what he was doing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, and they Right around had... the Rams game, he started to actually figure it out. Yeah, they had four extra games, too. Yeah. So, I mean, and now you're going to have a preseason. I think by week one, he'll have this offense memorizing this sleep. I don't – I think it probably memorizing this sleep after the Super Bowl, even. Um so I, I wouldn't really be be too concerned uh, about that. I think he looks comfortable. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's switch the discussion to the quarterback. Thing because we talked about Ryan Griffin having a terrible day. Yeah. Kyle Trask had a better day. A pretty yeah. good day. You love to um, hear it. I mean, as far as, you know, ranking the days for the quarterbacks go, Brady had a couple of interceptions, but come on, dude, he's Tom Brady. I mean, he's still going to be sharp. He still had a couple of great good. touchdowns to Mike Evans, who was yeah. doing Mike Evans things in the he end was zone. Really, he was really good yesterday. So. Oh, yeah, man. Mike Evans is having a great camp. Not a lot of people talk about it because he is the wide receiver one, but you got to appreciate what he's done so far out there. Had that awesome one-handed catch the other day that the Bucks put on social media. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you do. But I would say Brady had the best day. Trask probably had think- the second best day. Yeah. Because Gabbert did not have a good day, and then Ryan Griffin, as we had talked about, did not have a very good day either. So you kind of like what you see from Kyle Trask, huh, Evan? Do you? Coming um, around on yeah. the kid? Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's just it's maybe a little bit of, you know, getting comfortable again. Like yeah. we talked about last episode, you know, getting comfortable. He, you know, in his press conference the other day, he talked about getting up to the, you know, the speed of the NFL. And every the speed of that defense. Well, I mean, any def- any NFL defense is going to be quicker than a college defense that you yeah. faced. Um, and he had talked about it. He said, you know, every level you go to, whether it's you go to high school and then you go to college and high school to college, that's quicker. And then college and the NFL, that's even quicker. So yeah, it's an adjustment. And the only real action he had was in rookie minicamp when he's competing against other rookies, some of which aren't even going to come close to making this team just because you had to fill out a 90-man roster um, for training camp. So now he's finally starting to to compete against guys that are going to be major contributors for this team. I mean, not just, you know, not just some undrafted free agents, guys who have been there, done that, and are going to continue to do that uh, this season and are going to help this team win football games. And, yeah, it's you know it's it's not it's a difficult offense to learn. I would say it's one of the more difficult offenses in the NFL for a rookie to learn. 
Um, think of like when John Gruden was here and, and Chris Sims. Chris Sims couldn't just couldn't figure it out, you know. Oh yeah, dude, um, you you've seen all the mic'd up over the years of him just forgetting plays two seconds after being told. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know, it, it's difficult, and obviously John Gruden's offense is not Bruce Arians' offense, but I would say those two offenses are probably two of the most difficult offenses to really grasp. And I mean, when you have Tom Brady saying like, oh, it's midseason and I didn't know what was going on. He can do that just because he's Tom Brady and he's that good. But like there were games like by midseason or whatever, where we were saying "Eh," like, you know, if you asked by week, week 10, right. Let's say after week 10, if you asked how many games was Brady actually like really good in, you'd say what, two, three, probably like how many games was he like really good at? You know the 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 Vegas game, um, he started maybe off the on, the Chargers game. I know the Chargers maybe, game started with the pick six, but after that, yeah. he was untouchable. Yeah, I mean, other than that, like the Packers game, he didn't really have to do a whole lot. He managed yeah. he managed that game. Um, the Giants game, I didn't think he played very well. The Saints game, both Saints games were basically a debacle. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know, if if it's taking him, uh, you know. If it's taking him that long, you know, it's gonna take Trask a little bit. And I, I mean, Tom Brady was a 21 year veteran at the time last year, and Trask has just come into this. Uh, now he's an experienced player; he's an older player, but at the same time, he's still a rookie. So it's good to see him have a nice day. Uh, I think this was probably his best day. This was to me. I think this was his first good day. If you want me honest, yeah. Like I, I think just he had flashes in 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 earlier in previous days, but. I think today was like from start to finish his best day. Well, he, didn't he get a ton of action to start. Yeah. Um, he, he really wasn't getting a ton of reps to start, but then when he, when he did, he, he made him count today. So yeah, he had a uh, one dime of a touchdown to, I believe Travis Jones Johnson is his name. Jo- yeah. Jo- Johnson. It's like yeah. spelled Jones but I don't know if Jonesen. it's, I don't think it's Jones though. Yeah. I don't think so either, but uh, the wide receiver, Travis, he had a really good deep connection to him <laughs> today in the end zone. So you love to see it. Uh, but Kyle Trask, a lot of pressure on him because he is a rookie. But as we mentioned on the last show, there's plenty of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're going to get the most meaningful reps out of him in those preseason games. So if by the third preseason game, he clearly doesn't know what he's doing out there, then maybe we'll be in some trouble. But again, this is a guy who isn't going to be getting first team reps during a regular season game in hopefully two to three years. And that's just, you know. That's just kind of blindly guessing how much longer Tom Brady is going to keep playing because it is his birthday tomorrow and he's going to be turning 44. Bruce Arians actually already said that he's going to be getting the day off of camp tomorrow, which really sucks because tomorrow me and James are going to be able to go to camp again. And of course, we're not going to be able to see Brady throw. That's like the yeah. second time in three visits to camp that we didn't see Brady throw. Well, there will be another vlog then too, right? Yes, there will. There was supposed to be one on Saturday, the first day of pads. I was supposed to go out there, but I kind of had some last minute stuff in the morning that I just, you know, kind of ruined my plan. So I didn't end up going. Um, But we will for sure be out there tomorrow, which means you can expect another training camp vlog. Excited to be filming those guys in full pads because those reps are just so fun to watch. And uh, everything gets much more competitive when it's, you know, one on ones, 11 on 11s in full pads. It's full live action and it's the first live action these guys have played in months. So we're very, very excited. Let's talk about some more rookies. I want to talk about the first round draft pick, Mr. Joe Tryon. Coming into this camp, actually right after the draft, the big concern was, you know, this guy sat out of his 2020 season. He has not worn pads since 2019. Yeah. 
He has not worn pads since he was in college in 2019. He took his first few live-action reps, and uh, according to Bruce Arians, he is kicking guys' asses. Donovan Smith and Tristan Wurst have been having a little bit of trouble with Joe Tryon. Um, you know, two years after not wearing pads, uh, apparently it's barely a hurdle for him to kind of get back up to speed with the game, which is, I mean, you know, kind of like Hainsey, exactly what you'd love to hear. And as far as the Bucks are concerned, I don't think they can ask for much more out of him so far. Yeah, I, I mean... If Joe Tryon can come in here and be not the type of rookie that I expect him to be, not the type of guy to get, uh, you know, three or four sacks. Mm -hmm. um, if he can come in and be the type of rookie that gets eight sacks, nine sacks, like if he can be like, remember Max Crosby in Vegas in 2019? Oh, yeah, dude. He went nuts. Season, his rookie season, he got uh, he got eight sacks. If he can be that type of player that to me changes the perception of this defense and what they can do. I, I really believe that. Oh, hundred percent. I think dude, I, I even back to 2019, even 2018, this team. And I've, do you know, I've talked about it. I think that one of the biggest needs that this team has had, and they've just ignored for so long is that third edge rusher, that third option. And now if they finally have that in year one of Joe Tryon, and he can be an explosive player that can make a difference. Ooh, I, I'm not sure how you stop that defensive line then, because if, if he's that type of guy and let's say JVP's knee is okay. And it's not really catching up to him at all. He's, he doesn't really show age or anything. Um, and Shaq Barrett can be Shaq Barrett. Oh, man, I, yeah. you know, as long as everybody stays healthy, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Now, I mean, that still doesn't mean the expectations for Joe Tryon has to be eight sacks. Like that's, that's still like that's on the high end. Like you know, he's still a rookie, and it's not like he was the sixth overall pick. He was thirty second overall pick. So it's not like this guy is, is some you know, uh, some some A plus prospect, or else he wouldn't have been there at thirty two. There's clearly some flaws, but. Man, it's nice to see that type of guy who hasn't played football in that long. And I'm sure that was a concern for the Bucs. You oh, know, yeah. uh, a lot of guys that, that didn't play football for a while. And um, James with the Super Chat. Unfortunately, it's James. Heck yeah, thanks, out. buddy. Uh, unfortunately, it's him, so I have to shout him out. But, um, <laughs> you know, maybe he can – I mean, he's, he, he's slacking off at work. So, uh, I don't know. Um, he's given money to his favorite channel on company time. I mean, yeah. I'm happy with it. I'm glad he's here. Thanks for watching, I, James. I don't know if the Tampa Bay Rays would be too happy with it. But, <laughs> um, any, anyways, this is not a, a Rays podcast. Uh, thank God. Um, so, <laughs> you, no, you're not a great multitasker at all. But, anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, Bucks Time says it heard Tryon could have been top 15, but took the year off. I mean, he could have, like, you never know because if he takes, if he, if he plays and he sucks, he's not even a first round pick, but if he plays and he's really good, he probably would have been a top 15 pick. Yeah. And that's what the Bucks, I, I know for a fact when, you know, uh, the Bucks fell in love with his traits. And he told me that himself when I had the conversation with him, he told me that, you know, they really like the traits he has and he's very, a very raw player, yeah. but man, if he hits his ceiling, this is a guy that's going to get you probably not, 17 18 sacks a year he's not that type of guy but this is a guy that's going to consistently get you 
10 to 12 sacks a year. He's going to be able to play multiple positions, and you're going to be able to move him around, drop him into coverage a little bit. You're going to have to be able to have some fun with him. But I'm talking like three years down the line. Right. How much of a boost would that be if that was basically year one? I'm not saying it will be, but how much of a boost would that be if that was year one, Joe Tryon? Now, I mean, let me ask just, you. That would change to me the whole direction of this defense. Oh, 100%. And we've actually seen him getting reps, dropping back into coverage so far in this camp. It'll be interesting to see how Bowles kind of finds ways to use him throughout the season because I'm sure it's a learning process for both him and Joe. Uh, our buddy Art in the live chat brought up a great point. He said, if Joe Tryon gets a few series or uh, three, four, third and longs, one sack every other game does not seem like a crazy expectation. If he can beat Tristan Wirfs on a daily basis, he can beat anyone in the NFL on a weekly basis. And that is a great point because Tristan Wirfs is not a slouch. Only one sack allowed last year. And uh, I mean, for a rookie heading into his second year, he really is a top five right tackle in the NFL, and I will not hear otherwise, but I'm excited to see what he does this year. But let me ask you about Joe Tryon. If he's more productive than people are expecting and he etches out a bigger role than we expected him to, what does this defense kind of look like with Joe Tryon being, you know, a bigger featured player than we would have expected? Yeah, well, in the regular season, I would think that means that JPP is going to get more rest. And we're going to see JPP less. I think it would be JPP would be the guy to see less time. Especially and considering then, you just shell out a big contract for Shaq Barrett. You're not going to hold that guy back from reps. Yeah. And I mean, you know, JPP is a free agent at the end of this year. And maybe they just tell him, dude, take it easy in the regular season. We're going to need you more in the playoffs. Right. Like they'll need JPP more in the playoffs than they need him in the regular season. If Joe Tryon is that productive, if Joe Tryon comes out and he's flat and he's just, you know, he's basically Noah Spence in a preseason where Joe Tryon, Noah Spence was going up against like third and fourth stringers. And, and he, he was looking at anything. Yeah, I remember, I mean, I, I remember I, that preseason. You know, you know how much I love Noah Spence. I still do. Oh, yeah. We but, were big Noah Spence fans on this show. I mean, I, I still tell people they're like amazed. I 2016, they drafted him in the second round. I was ready to draft Noah Spence at number nine overall that year. I was I was ready, so that would have been a huge miss on my part. <laughs> but uh, I was ready to do it. That's how much I love Noah Spence. Still do. If I am my way, he'd be on the team. Um, but anyways, uh, they never even gave him a year with Todd Bowles. So whatever. Yeah. Um, but the big reason why he was cut was he was facing these third and fourth stringers, and he couldn't get nothing done. If that's Joe Tryon in the preseason. Mm, then you're you're gonna need JPP. Like you're gonna need him to play. But if Joe Tryon can can really, you know, if he can be productive, to me that just that really rests up JPP, rests up that knee of his, and gets him ready to go for the playoffs where you could throw multiple looks. We talked about the look where you kick JPP inside, have Tryon and Jack Barrett on the edges. Oh yeah, uh, multiple looks, and, and that could really um, that could really help to this team come playoff time. Uh, James says Joe Tryon is the Kyle Trask of the defense now. He's the chosen one, Evan. Well, the <laughs> difference is one of those players is actually good and the other isn't. So um, that's that's the difference. One of, one of them's going to see the field this year. Yeah, one of them's actually good, a good football player. Oh man, man, oh man! I hope we don't have a whole lot of Florida fans who listen to this podcast. Well, I, I, FS, FSU fans probably hate me too. So. You know what's you know what's funny too is that actually um, when you go out to training camp. Like, obviously, the fandom surrounding the quarterback room is a lot different than any other position on the team because, one, you have a good chunk. I'd say maybe, maybe I'm being generous here, but I'll say about 30% of the people at training camp are just there to see Brady. 
right? I'm sure. All the middle-aged moms who break out their phone when he walks close to the benches like I was watching the other day. Like, everybody's excited about Tom Where, Brady. Where's Brady and Gronkowski? Right, right. Where's Brady and Gronk? But, you know, the other group, I, it, it's not as big of a group. But I'd say maybe 10% of the people there are, are solely focused on Kyle Trask. Because every time he takes a rep, there's a couple of people in the audience who are like, come on, Kyle, show me something, man. Come on, Kyle. It, like, I don't know why it's so funny to me that Kyle Trask has this own fandom. But I feel like a lot of it comes from just loyalty to, you know, the Florida Gators, basically. But it, it'll be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, there's probably a lot of Gators fans who listen to this podcast and just do not care for your takes at all. Come on, Kyle. Need a better throw if we're going to repeat. Come on, Come Kyle. On. Come on, Blaine. You can't be throwing like that if we're going to repeat. Dude, that was like, I hope that guy's there tomorrow. Because he was pissing people off, but it was pretty funny after a while. Like, I'd love to just hear him yelling at, you know, pointless players. Uh, I forgot the name of the backup kicker now. We're in number 19. Um, I don't remember. Roberto Glass? basically that's what I want to think of when I see a kicker trot out there with 19, but like, I'd love for him to miss a kick. And the guy goes, come on, man, we can't repeat. If you're missing those kicks, like the backup long snapper, bad snap. (laughs) We're not going to repeat. Yeah. 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 Come on. Come on. Wells. We're not going to repeat with you blocking like that. That's Uh, funny. Jose, Jose Borgales. Is that his actual name? I believe that is like, his name. James, Mr. Bucks Nation James in the chat. Know this person? <clears throat> yes. James actually pointed him out to me when we were there the other day. Okay. Ben Leaper's in the chat. Yeah, the Gator fans are going to split our fan base in half in two years' time, just like the Jameis FSU fans did. <laughs> Maybe, but at the same time, the difference to me is Jameis Winston won a national championship with them. He won a Heisman Trophy. Uh, I know Number Trash one overall finalist. pick. He was the first overall pick. Trask is a second-round pick, the end of the second round. And, like, he had, what, a year and a half of good football at Florida? Like, you know, he, like, to me, you know, he he didn't – yeah, yeah, James says, I don't think the split will ever be that bad again. Not unless they take another – I don't think it will be until Kyle Trask is potentially the guy. If Kyle Trask well, is well, never – that, that, That's what Ben says. In, in two right. years' time, it's going to be – but also, like, Jameis is a, pole, a polarizing player no matter where he goes. Yeah, because he has all them plays where like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And oh, my God, this sucks to me. I think Kyle Trask will just be like, oh, he's there. Like he's like Alex Smith, you know, like he's not going to single handedly win you the game. But I also don't think he's going to single handedly lose. you. Do you think his ceiling is like a comparable to a Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, That'd be nice. Yeah, it turn into like a Jimmy J. Is that is that generous or do you think that's legitimately like maybe what his future? What would well, would you rather have prime Jimmy G, healthy Jimmy G, or healthy Alex Smith? I'll probably take Jimmy G. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jimmy that, G that, did partially take a team to the Super Bowl and then lose the game, but you know. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that that that's cool. If if he turns out to be like Alex, prime Alex Smith or prime Jimmy G, that that's a good, you know, that's fine. I, and I, listen, I don't know. You know, I don't what, know if you're winning the Super Bowl with that because you know they haven't, but. And if you're a quarterback in the NFL, this what I'm about to say goes beyond like championship rings. But if you're a quarterback in the NFL and your ceiling is, you know, a Nick Foles, a Jimmy G, um, that's still a lot better of a career than most of the quarterbacks who make the NFL every year. Right. I mean, (laughs) if you can be known as a uh, a reliable backup hinge starter kind of guy. 
you know, that's not a terrible legacy to leave behind. And it's funny how we're prematurely talking about the legacy of Kyle Trask, but I guess that's just where we are, right? Yeah, I mean, can is the high is the high high end? Is it like Derek Carr? I mean, that was my question for you. Um, Derek, Derek Carr was a second round pick. I mean, he was an earlier second round pick, but is like is the best Kyle Trask could ever be like Derek Carr? If so, sign me up. Like, you know, <laughs> if Kyle Trask is going to be Derek Carr in three years. Yeah. Like, ben Leeper said uh, prime Alex Smith will be able to bring this roster at least into the playoffs. That is very true. Uh, James yeah. brought it up when prime Alex Smith was in Kansas City. He actually was not that bad. And, and of the a quarterback. 49ers, he made the Pro Bowl, did he not? Yeah. yeah. A few uh, more than once, I think. And, and I mean, the 49ers went to. They went to the the playoffs multiple times with, with Alex Smith. Yeah. Uh, remember that that play versus the Saints, Alex Smith to Vernon Davis on the goal line there, and yeah. Vernon Davis started crying. Um, Hell yeah! So T twelve Goatman says this is real quick before we move on to a take bag. I got, and I don't know if we got anything else, but uh, take bag thing will be last. So. Yes, sir. Uh, heard the kicking has not been good. Any truth to that? Suck up had the one bad day where it's like everybody had a bad day. But other than that, I haven't heard too much concern. I, I mean, it's practice. He starts missing kicks in the preseason. I'll be concerned. But like, I'm I'm cool. Yeah. I mean, he's if it was if this was Matt Gay or Roberto Bio, where like I need you to make your kicks in practice, and it was like a kicking competition, I'd be I'd be more concerned. But like, suck up has has earned my trust. He, suck up doesn't suck. That's what we say on this show. Yeah, I I tend to agree there. I you you kind of hope for a better start especially because of the record this team has with kickers over the years. You know, anytime, anytime you're at practice and you see a kick that's missed that really shouldn't be kicked I, or uh, shouldn't be missed, I think a lot of fans out there start to have these terrible flashbacks. Um, but I'd like to see what happens in the preseason. Throw him out there in a semi-full stadium with 22 guys on the field and let me see if he can hit it from 45 out, right? Because Ryan Suckup, as far as we are concerned, was money absolute money throughout the playoffs he went out there he did his job week after week didn't and miss he a is, kick in the playoffs he is the first bucks kicker that i have trusted and i think evan can agree here he is the first bucks kicker that we have trusted since uh god pat murray pat murray yeah. pat murray connor barth i mean it has been a little while so until i see it get worse uh i'm not gonna have any terrible um you know, terrible if, doubts like about say, it. If, if if I see him miss, you know, an extra point or something in the in the preseason, that's a cause for concern. That's right. What it is. right. Um, Mr. So Bucks Nation says Ryan Suckup is I've, the best franchise player this. to everywhere. Number three. Why? Why does he steal my joke? Because <laughs> I've you know I've said this. Um. Uh, so ready to roll the cowgirls. They are twenty four seven on the NFL network, ready to bring them back to reality. Yeah, I mean they're. Man, the Cowboys, man, everybody is expecting huge things out of that. It was okay. So the reason that's happening is because I don't know if you saw Mike McCarthy's press conference a little while ago where he rolled up looking like the goddamn Terminator. Um, But he had like the full beard, sunglasses, aviators, actually. Um, Mike McCarthy is looking big and bad in Dallas this year. Now they're probably still a seven and ten football team. But that week one matchup is pretty interesting. Uh, because is there some uncertainty with Dak Prescott right now? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, well, that that's what Ben Lever actually asked. Do you guys think Dak's injury could be enough to affect his play week one? Um, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, the week one's still six weeks away. Um, 
I don't think so. I, I don't know if he's going to play at all in the preseason. Yeah. To me, you know, the more concerned if I was a Dallas fan or a, or a, you know, a coach would be like, he hasn't seen like live action in a long time. So that would be my biggest concern. But I, as far as like a hundred percent health, I think I'll be a hundred percent healthy for week one. Um, so I wouldn't really be, you know, like if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm not really thinking, Oh, they're going to play whoever, you know, Right now, I, I really wouldn't expect them to be playing the backup. Um, I, I would be surprised. I think Dak will be 100% ready to go, and um, you know, it'll be a it'll be a fun matchup. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll obviously our season prediction show is quickly approaching. Um, so it'll be a it'll be a fun matchup. Um, but I mean, it's still not good for Dak to miss this time. So yeah, it'll, right. it'll definitely affect him. But I don't think it'll affect him so much that like either a he won't be able to play week one or two like he'll just be like barely able to move. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to watch. And of course, we'll get into a lot more detail about that matchup on the season prediction show. Like Evan mentioned, coming up quick before the end of this week, you guys are going to have that. We should be live. I think we'll probably end up doing it live. Um, so make sure you subscribe to the channel so you do not miss out on whenever that may will be. And you can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Uh, best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Bucks News as it happens. So if you want to find out when that's going to be, you can go check us out there. We also have another announcement coming soon, probably also this week. We're not going to say too much here on the show, but uh, if you guys are local to the Tampa Bay area, you should be really excited about this one because we are super pumped to bring it to you. But, ladies and gentlemen, every single week here on the show, we end it with a little segment from Evan's take bag. So uh, the Philly Bucks fan, the floor is yours, my friend. Take it away. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it, dude. The brown lunch bag full of takes. Let's see what I got in here. If you guys aren't checking us out with video over on YouTube, you need to because now we have some visual gags. Let's see what I have in here. All right. Okay. I don't actually have anything. Oh, there's nothing in there. It's an empty bag. Well, for, for one, before I forget this comment, James says Evan is the best Bucks YouTuber to wear a TB12 hat. Prove me wrong. <laughs> that's that's true. I I don't know. Is there another YouTuber that wears a TB12 hat? Let me know. Uh, I don't know if James is throwing shade at somebody or not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't but, think so. I think you're good. Um. All right. Um. Okay. Antonio Brown, I think, has been the Bucks' best receiver in camp. Uh, I think, I mean, today he was just ridiculous. I mean, John Ledyard, who was obviously a big Steelers fan, was on the show last week. Um, you know, he, he basically said that today he tweeted like AB would do this all the time in practices in Pittsburgh. Like he was just, he was unstoppable. Uh, a lot of the highlights you see are, are to Antonio Brown, the, the double pump where Brown was wide open, a dunk on the goal line. You guys were there for that one. Yeah. Um, and, and then I believe yesterday they posted another clip of Antonio Brown. And then today he burned Cameron Kinley a lot. And he's just, he's looked awesome. And I think I, you haven't heard too much about Chris Godwin. Um, it's been Mike Evans, and Antonio, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Jalen Darden pretty much. Yeah. But I think Antonio Brown's the best receiver. I, I really do. I'm not saying he's going to be the best receiver. I think in camp though, he's been their best receiver, which, um, if you're going to get a full season of that Antonio Brown, if you're right. going to get a full season of that Joe Tryon, that makes things a lot, <laughs> uh, a lot scarier. Um, 
switch to the defense. Uh, Mike Edwards might win the starting uh, safety job, free safety, strong safety. I like it. By by default. And I think it's by default because Jordan Whitehead missed that time. And Edwards has just looked awesome in that missed time. Evans did have a – he had a – or Edwards, excuse me. He had a deep ball interception off of Tom Brady last week. He did hurt himself, and I think he knocked the wind out of himself. And he's been fine and practicing every day since. Um, But, I I mean – Mike Edwards, let's not forget, is a guy who was unanimously uh, voted best hands on the defense by his teammates. And, uh, you know, that's that's not a defense that you can kind of sneeze off their opinion. Um, so Mike Edwards, pretty promising so far. But I like that one, man. I think he's a little bit of an unsung hero on that defense for sure, especially in the uh, defensive backs room. Yeah, I just I still think Jordan Whitehead like, is a good player. I just think Mike Edwards might be really blossoming here man I, I really do if he's not the full-blown starter I think you might see a 50-50 split in snaps this season between him and, and Jordan Whitehead um and the last thing I have it's a quick one it's a quick take bag today can you just like hey Bucks and, and pretty much the NFL because all NFL teams are doing this now it used to be so fun to watch training camp because you were able to watch it and now you can't just let credentialed media be able to take video of the plays that happen in practice. Yeah, I don't know what that whole thing is. Like, most of these credentialed guys will go on Twitter and say, here was a great play by this player to this player. Does anybody have a video of it I can use? Yeah. Like, that's that's weird. I mean, when, when the fans from the stands are, are able to take the videos, but you're a credentialed media member working for a living, and you can't take a video, like, come on. Like, yeah. the, the, the fans are able to do it just sitting there. They're able to videotape the entire practice, but you can't take a 15-second clip of, of a play. Like, really, like, you can only have – you can only take, like, 30 minutes, the first 30 minutes of practice. You can take video, and that's it. Like, <laughs> right, just the warm-ups. And, yeah, and it's not just the Bucks. It's, like, every NFL team. And it's just, it always comes down to them – the NFL is trying to limit just how much credential media has access to. Uh, and I think it's it's ridiculous. I really think it, it's pitiful. Um, they're they're trying to make their jobs worse. They're trying to make it harder. They're trying to literally because credential media gets a lot of their stuff by you know having those personal conversations with guys and being, being in the locker room, being in the locker room after games. You know what yeah. I mean? You remember the 2019 season after the Tennessee game or the Seattle game? Uh, where JPP absolutely lost his mind on some teammates who were talking about white girls instead of the game that they had just lost. That's the type yeah, of stuff was, that yeah, you don't Davis get if those guys aren't in there. Yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. And everybody wants to talk about, oh, why don't these reporters have many sources or anything? Why don't they drop any any things in like the offseason? Guess how you get those? <laughs> you don't, you, you get those from personal conversations running into people in the hallways. Yeah, I've seen rubbing elbows. You know, I've seen it firsthand. Like you, you have those conversations with people, you know, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why they're trying to limit people. They're trying to make their jobs harder. And then guess what? Those media people are going to be the ones that lose their jobs because they can't do a good enough job because the team doesn't let them. I'm not asking you to, to let the team, you know, let them in the halftime locker room, but like post-game locker, I understand COVID or whatever that like, you couldn't do it. Like I get it this past season. But, like, there's been a lot of rumors that, like, this is the beginning of the end of, like, you know, post-game locker room or, or, you know, post-training camp locker room. Like, you're not going to be allowed to do it. They implemented that that video rule, I think, uh, in 2019 
where you can only videotape part of practice. I remember when I went to training camp in 2018, I still have all the videos on my phone. I probably have a full training camp practice worth of videos because you were allowed to, and now mm. you're not. And it's just, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it's gotta be fixed. Yeah. And one last quick question from TV 12 Goatman is OJ full go yet. He's not full go yet, but he'll be getting there. I'm sure. I think he will be by the time the season comes around. Um, if he's not, you know, full go 100%, he's still going to be playing. Um, he's still going to be out there in that tight end rotation. He'll probably get a couple of targets that first week. I'm sure throughout the preseason is when you want to kind of figure out his sample size, right? Like how much do you really want to push him? How, how close to 100% is he? Uh, but I think his role in week one is going to be much bigger than we could have hoped. And, and I'm excited ben, to see that. Ben Lieber has a, are you guys going to try to get Mark cook on the show at some point? It really sucks. He's not yeah, the hottest, him. the hottest and, bucks beat free agent. Huh? Right. You guys want cookie on the show? We'll get cookie on the show. Yeah, if man. You guys, we'll reach guys, out to Mark. If, if you guys want it, you know, if you, if you guys want it, hire Mark cook as the fourth member of CFP. Well, we only have two members because you're not, one. we have an honorary third. Oh, Oh, that's because he said it. That's okay. All right. Well, before Evan gets too nasty and chases away the rest of our viewers, the, 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 the fan videos from y'all are the best training camp footage. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's, thanks, buddy. You know, that's always that's all right, right there. But like we uh, said, uh, like we said earlier in the show, there's going to be another one coming out tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be at camp for that. Unfortunately, Brady's not going to be throwing. It's going to be his birthday, and Bruce Arians said he's, happy birthday to him. Bring yeah, him a he's going to give him the day off, but maybe we'll bring him a cake, and I'm sure that as a crowd, the fans are going to be out there singing happy birthday, so I'll make sure I get that moment on film as well. Uh, but plenty of great footage from training camp thus far, and hopefully we're not done yet as we have plenty of practices to go, but excited to bring you guys some more of that great content. Thanks for checking it out, dude. I really do appreciate it. Um, Evan? That's it. Yeah, I think we kind of covered the wagon of everything we wanted to talk about. It has been a great week for Buccaneers defensive backs. Excited to see some of those fringe battles. Uh, going to have a lot of guys on guys like Ross Cockrell and, of course, Antonio Hamilton, who I think is the you know, the more exciting player heading into this because you kind of know what Cockrell is going to bring to the table. You're pretty sure he's going to make the team. But Hamilton, a guy on the bubble, and so far with that last corner spot, seems to be the guy in the driver's seat. Of course, with more stuff coming out about training camp, we're always going to be on top of it, keeping you guys up to date with the latest Tampa Bay Buccaneer news. With that being said, I believe that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode with video on YouTube, hanging out with us in the live chat. My buddy Adam from Bucks UK, Ben Leeper, all of our moderators hold it down. Mr. Bucks Nation, the honorary third member of the show with the $1 super chat towards the Wendy's Fund. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you to everybody who listens on our audio outlets as well. We truly do appreciate you guys. And uh, if you're on video and you want to listen to the show, like I just mentioned, check us out on any podcast outlet, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of that good stuff. We are on each and every single one. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back, I promise, because uh, Evan doesn't follow people back. So I, I, I got you covered. If you want to follow one of us, make sure it's me because... You'll get a little something out of it. You know what I mean? Scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's just how we do it around here. But ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, that's pretty much it. 
Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast presented to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. We will keep you posted with more Buccaneer training camp news, and we will talk to you soon. I'm your host, as always, Rhett, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later this week. Season prediction show is also on the way, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you next time. As always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.